0: Welcome to Tech Breakfast. Today's top headlines served hot by your host, Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it.
1: Dada. Dada. Dada! Dada! Bring her on the show. Bring her on the show. Yeah, baby. You need to go get some food, sweetie. Go with mama.
2: Well, it's Monday, August 5th, and Russ's adorable little daughter is in the room with him. It is also Independence Day in Burkina Faso which is a landlocked country in western africa if you didn't know about that so happy independence day to y'all we're going to talk some tech news with me today
0: as per usual tyler russ how y'all doing good good, man doing Doing good i'm displaced though i got my home inspection on the buyer side is happening today so i'm in my dad's office and my dad is notoriously messy so this is interesting like carving (laughs) out space amongst boxes and stuff that I probably also squirrel away, but I put in drawers or attics. <laughs> my dad just has piles. It is it is special. He is borderline hoarder for sure. And if, if you ask my mother, oh, no. she just, He's, she'd no. hot drop the borderline is what she'd do. No, and she'd dude. get angry talking about it. No, I, I'm, I'm joking. You haven't seen comes those to hoarding his
2: office shows then.
0: I don't know. I like if, if it wasn't if it wasn't 60 years of accumulation that I'm sitting in, then I might I might push back, but you're right. Like it's a really slow but steady build from the ground up with just boxes and stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's I would say he's particular about like keeping receipts and stuff, but he's not a hoarder. Like I, I'm going to keep... show
0: you a picture of this. Yeah,
2: hoarders keep <laughs> like Burger King, not sponsored. I know, uh, no, Rappers I know. from meals they had four months ago. That's I know. What no.
0: That's why I said borderline. Then that's what, <laughs> but my mom would, she would angrily fight you to drop the borderline part of that because she gets, she gets mad. But no, I agree. It's, it's always just a few hours away from being in normal functioning office.
2: I really hope that he pops his head in every now and then. And he's like, move out of my house. already! Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> when my parents lived with me for like three months, Literally in my basement, I gave them so much uh, crap about that. I was like, when are y'all going to grow up and move out of my house? You know,
0: that's great. uh, That's great. Yeah, Yeah, I I laugh um, because uh, my wife and I both born 83 um we we are right there on the cusp of uh the millennial generation so technically we fall in that bucket right but we're right on the tail of gen x and right at the beginning of millennials which is you'll see like that categorization they'll call them zennials and things like that um where it's that transition to everything being digital is what we got to experience basically in high school so we were always right mm-hmm. on the edge of it it's like i remember pagers in the middle school experience yeah. and by the time late high school wrapped around like the kids with pagers were the Poe kids i didn't even have a pager because that was not <laughs> i wanted a pager so bad when i, I found two, one at the grocery store i found one that worked <laughs> and like, had its number on the back it? And I just oh, yeah. waited for somebody to do it. it I like 99% oh, I certain it was a drug pager because dude, I remember like that. it was obvious because it went completely <laughs> silent. Like the day I found it, there were, there were no more texts, right. Or no more, yeah. no more pages, but it worked for like six more months. But I was like, somebody <laughs> eventually is going to reach out and I'm going to be like, Hey, got your pager. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Didn't happen. All right. Anyways. Uh, the if you if you read a lot of the stuff they talk about Millennials because they're just I think feel like all news starts of Millennials these days when it comes to like what the uh, school debt scenario and and home scenario comes to and there is a much higher percentage of Millennials that end up living with their parents later now I think that the youngest millennial now is like in their 30s for sure early 30s so it, it's kind of a Yeah, it's kind of absurd to be thinking about um, like early 30s, people still think when they hear it, I, I believe a lot of people still think millennial means like fresh out of college, which that's probably a decade ago at this yeah. point like that's it's probably that's because Z... it's just a
1: term for young people yeah, absolutely this they don't actually look at it from the standpoint of the actual generational mm-hmm. time frame which is which is why whenever i because i'll say that all the time because people, people will start making some yeah. comments and, and, and then i'll be like sure. yeah that's cool i'm one of those and they're like no right? you're not and i was like yes i yeah. was yes i am i was yeah. born in 1987 that is yes. a millennial i'm <laughs> approaching
2: 40 and, yes, and, it, I'm a millennial. and it confuses yeah. people
1: they're like
0: But you're not a brat i don't
1: understand
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyways to finish my very long-winded comment the running joke between my wife and i is that we i i would guess technically fall into the category of lived with parents after college because when we moved uh both back from italy for my job and then when we moved from fort worth to uh plano so within the dfw metroplex uh, because it was so easy, we just moved all of our family into my parents' guest room. And so for probably four months over the last, four to five months over the last three years, we've we've lived with my parents, which cracks me grow up. Grow up, Tyler. I know, right? Yeah, grow <laughs> up. Grow <laughs> up.
2: All right. Let's get into some news here. Uh, first thing I wanted to talk about was, uh, well, that is news, but it's not tech news. Let's get into some tech news. All right, so SpaceX, the Starship prototype, yeah. it, uh, it took a, a massive uh, hop yesterday, did a 150-meter hop, and uh, Britton pointed out to me this morning, he was surprised at the number of people that were hating on uh, on Twitter, the responses to SpaceX's tweet about it. Really? And I didn't even catch that, but I went in there and looked at it, and people are, are commenting. And they're like, We have too many problems on Earth to be worried about Uh-oh. this right now. Oh, and people man, are like, Oh, classic. it's ugly. It doesn't have a pointy tip like a oh, rocket should. Like, don't you know how to make rockets? It's like, What are you <laughs> talking about? Like, do you even, like, come on. It doesn't it's have a prototype your mouth like It's rocket a prototype. Try those damn millennials.
0: <laughs> they're, trying, yeah, it's those millennials. <laughs> <laughs>
2: they're trying to test a replica. Basically just a fuel tank, oh a single gosh. Raptor engine, and a simulated payload. Can we do a 150 that's, meter hop and then have it, have it land, which I thought was pretty cool. And then there was a view inside cool. where the legs like popped out right at the end. I have, again, awesome. and I tweeted this, but I have no idea how those, how the camera inside of that
0: Raptor, like right behind the Raptor engine, how does it survive that? That's, that's, so let's find out i swear we need we need more people forward this podcast to your friends so that we get listeners that know cool stuff and will come talk to us
1: we kind of yeah. rely on you for that
0: i i should reach <laughs> out to you're, you're supposed
1: to know how this stuff works Da-ha. yeah Rocket i didn't jet i didn't man. work
0: on cameras and jet engine streams unfortunately yeah. that sounds pretty cool
2: <laughs> but anyway uh so elon <laughs> Gave a nice, you know, little speech afterwards, just, you know, Mars is, Mars is looking more and more real, which is cool. And he gave a, um, kind of a compelling, passionate talk about, uh, moon basis, which is something Tyler has talked about since middle school. I know for sure. And, uh, <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> getting people to multi-planetary reality, which is, yeah. uh, wild to think of even in, I- you know, later, later in our life, right. Maybe we make a trip to the moon. That's our yeah. vacation.
1: So. That'd be cool. I just wanted to point out that it's funny as people talk about. whether well, there's other issues that need to go on right now. We don't need to make yeah. these space dumpsters that that fly 150 <laughs> feet or whatever. It's <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's it's interesting because it reminds me of me this like sort of uh, <laughs> like age old problem in in video game development where it's like there's a bug. Or there's an issue in a game and then the game developer before fixing that bug releases a new feature new and they don't realize that it's a it is a different team it is a completely right. different area right. of of the business where they don't just stop working because there's a bug that needs to be fixed in the game right and everyone gets upset it's like the world doesn't just stop because we have issues we have to work on the issues in the world in parallel to the other things yes. that we are progressing that's just a perspective I feel like a lot of people need to realize is that not everything stops to for for everyone to just focus down on an well, issue like the world didn't stop spinning.
0: yeah, and I'm glad you addressed it too because I wasn't going to let that one lie I, that that sentiment has been around forever. We said that about you know some of the early space races and things and and there are unfortunately, I think the scientific community has to come back and sort of justify in arrears everything that they did because, tons of technological advancement comes out of having to produce vehicles like this that are capable of doing certain things on earth or not on earth Absolutely. but getting all of the math and getting all of the engineering right on earth to do elsewhere usually has some excellent you know feedbacks right so we will get technology out of this eventually and I'm, I'm certain of this but we don't know a lot of it we don't know what it is yet that will be useful but even without that i think the pursuit of what spacex and companies like spacex and of course nasa and other government agencies are doing the discovery side of that is justification alone and then coupled on top of that what you were just saying is true which is if you create this uh you know environment or or subset of the economy that is dedicated to space exploration you can't just turn on a dime and make SpaceX and their assets and all of the very amazing and good things they do as an engineering firm and point it at coronavirus and just get a vaccine soon. That's not how that works at all. Right. Like the, those resources don't just get taken off of project A, yeah. thrown at project B, and you get there faster. The, the barriers to entry for some of that stuff. Rocket it's-
2: surgeons don't know how to solve for that.
0: Yeah, and it, you don't want a rocket surgeon taking out your spleen either. Even though they're a surgeon, obviously. Right. Yeah.
1: I was also going to comment on the rocket surgeon <laughs> comment. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was a, it was an old graphic from the '90s that I remember, and I wanted a T-shirt of it so bad, so but bad. it was it's a it's a surgeon doing like open heart surgery on a rocket, and yeah, it's just kind of funny. Being rocket surgeon,
0: anyway. Rocket surgeon. Man, maybe that we just need to Yeah, it. I, I'm this Bec- podcast I think you needs to be made, rocket made made the rocket surgery podcast. <laughs> yeah, 100. <laughs> <100%. laughs>
2: all right, let's uh, move to the next thing. I don't know if you all saw this article, uh, but there's there's a guy Jeffrey Fowler who wrote an article, I guess, on the Washington Post where he reviewed Amazon's Echo Frames. I didn't realize this was out yet, but Amazon has alexa oh, yeah, glasses. glasses. Yeah. It debuted last year. I didn't, I didn't realize this, What? but the the summation on it real quick, yeah, their internet connectivity, yeah, their internet internet connectivity is pretty flaky and it's apparently too chatty and disruptive. So if you can imagine just the annoyance that you have dealing with Alexa speakers, you know, maybe her not hearing you or her hearing you when she shouldn't be and responding otherwise and all that kind of stuff, but it's like on your face, it's constantly getting triggered and uh, yeah. So, so does it show? Sounds, I'm looking
1: at it on Amazon right now. Apparently, the it's $180. So, um, not as expensive as I would have thought for smart glasses. Uh, yeah, I smart. yeah, I don't okay, know so that
0: speak, they're that right? smart. Yeah, I okay, technically they're glasses that is are more intelligent than last. Is that all? It is it last, anything on the screen? There's, or no, there's no screen. No. There's no projection. There's no augmented or mixed reality. It's just an Alexa device that's in glasses frames.
1: <laughs> I love the example yeah. they use on the on the site alexa remind me to buy tickets when i get home like just just a funny sort of this is the <laughs> type of use cases as you're walking around and you want to remember things but you don't trust your memory so you let alexa do it for you well i mean yeah.
0: we don't talk about it that often but it's it, these have to be some really interesting sort of like lost leaders. Let's go see what's going on in the market from Amazon because they've got the buds, which I think makes a little more sense considering, you know, how popular some of the wireless, true wireless earphones are, and then being able to integrate an assistant. I can see that being a little more valuable for some people, but they have like the, the Alexa ring, the echo ring. It is literally like this wonky ring. It goes on your finger, that is an, an Alexa assistant, and it's I can't imagine wanting that in my life. But they floated it, and then they did the glasses, and they've got. Um, I feel like they had a couple other weird ones that I just saw creeping, and people had gotten their hands on betas and stuff like that. But it's just like, wow, they are they are trying every form factor they can with their smart assistant to to see what sticks. I think it just feels Echo like throwing stuff at a wall. Smart ring yeah. with Alexa. It's so weird.
1: Unreal. They definitely are trying to blanket the market of whatever you want to call it. Connected smart things. Sure. It's crazy. Yeah.
2: All right. What else y'all got? Anything else? Uh,
1: I've got one about, uh, you guys talked about TikTok last time. There was another article that came out uh, with basically the Chinese government uh, calling the U.S. a rogue country. Uh, I saw this. Basically, calling that the potential purchase from Microsoft of the you know North American assets or whatever of TikTok as theft. Um, so <laughs> and they and they claim they're going to retaliate against it. So I guess what I'm trying to figure out is is like are they going to retaliate against ByteDance who is selling TikTok?
0: Mm. Yeah. Or- I doubt it. No, <laughs> like, they're probably well, going to do the exact same thing, because the way that that unfolded, if if you take a step back and look at it, it is kind of sketchy, and I kind of understand yeah. that perspective. Now, calling the U.S. a rogue state over it, whatever, that's politics, but, but imagine the world where China says, okay, great, Facebook, Google, Amazon, you can no longer legally function in China, so your Chinese business just I can went to nothing, or... Or right sell now. it. Or you can sell it right now <laughs> yeah. and then and then you can at least recoup some of the infrastructure and effort that you put into building your business in China. And the government just created a buying opportunity for one of its state owned entities in China's case, yeah. right? So I'm retaliation with there Raise looks like a no problem <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no I, problem. Look, I mean TikTok well, doesn't
1: have to sell the entity.
0: Oh oh no, I totally agree. I and sorry, I'm not saying that that this went down it's sketchy because it looked like government stepping in because of the data that was being shared. That's wrong. We're not going to let this it's a risk, but then a us company turning around and immediately offering to purchase the scraps that are left that that is an economic battlefield that we don't see at that scale that often. I'm sure it happens all the time to be fair, but we probably just don't hear about it. Anyways, that could get really ugly.
2: What are y'all thinking about Trump's comments about how, since the government of the United States, quote unquote, oh set up the deal that that's Microsoft should pay so into bad. the U.S. Treasury?
0: I think that's nonsense.
1: It's it a I, very uh, s- yeah. dangerous I thought, precedent. I thought that involvement was strange. Like, I don't have an issue with you know him yeah. encouraging a, a, an American company of some kind to purchase it. I'm comfortable with that notion. I, I'm not comfortable with the idea of these, you know, him getting a cut functionally a private yeah. private deals, you know, going. I understand, you know, yeah. kind of the driving force there, especially with the the central bank having poured out, you know, trillions of dollars, and he's like, "I'd like some back," but I don't, uh-huh. I don't see how he thinks that in any way, shape, or form he's or the bank is owed that. I just don't. No, Unless well, it also, it doesn't not look above them, board at not. All. It's
0: it's it's uh, a. Yeah. Like I said, it's a dangerous precedent to set because it, it really just says, okay, now the U.S. government can work directly with large private organizations, target foreign-owned entities, strip them of their ability to do business, and pick up the scraps probably at a healthy discount, and we can do it all in the name of, uh, you know, anti-privacy or whatever whatever we're going to call it, right? It's it's not, that's probably not a future we want to see sp- rumbling out of control at scale there's you know there's a
1: um an interesting perspective that someone gave yesterday on a podcast that i subscribed to where they said the the opposite the, the thing that's scary about what trump is doing here is that if the opposite of what he's doing was true it would be it would be a problem as well meaning like he wants to help in this particular instance of like getting microsoft to buy tiktok and the if he wanted to also hurt yeah. something like that, that he could if this would set a precedence for him to have the ability to affect it in both directions, and that's where yeah, the bigger do concern not like, is. I don't. That's they, that's they, the yeah. that's the stuff that sort of sticks out to me is like if he can, you know, positively make an impact on something, like could he also do the opposite and negatively impact something? And so that's that's sort of where. And this person, yeah. this podcast, by the way, is I think they're an American, but they live in like Taiwan or something. So mm. it's funny they. They talk a lot about politics all around the world, but sort of provide this sort of somewhat personal, but not really heavy. I guess they're not very heavily into or beholden to their opinions of, of the U.S. as far as like they don't they don't live here. That's not a part of what they do. And so I always like that third party perspective from, from someone who knows the culture very well, Yeah, uh, you know, but <clears throat> but doesn't really yeah. live here and deal with it every day.
2: On the other side of it, uh, China is saying they won't accept "quote the theft of TikTok" and that it has again, yeah. "quote plenty of ways to respond if the U.S. government tries to force a sale." So it's yeah. uh, going to be interesting to see how this plays out. And I'm wondering too, what's going on in the mind of Satya in this conversation? <laughs> uh, well, he did talk got. to
1: he did talk to Trump. Right. So I'm yeah. sure he has a lot of a lot of thoughts on. It. I just I don't understand how the U.S. government's forcing a sale. I guess I just don't get that. Like I get that they're gonna they're gonna ban it, you know. So,
0: uh, but well, I think that is a force of sale. The it's the, the, the force effort. Of sale. to scale, gonna, the value yep. of the product today far exceeds the value of it tomorrow if it can't operate here. So it's a forced sale because you're not just gonna abandon billions.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Or do they
0: want to make so their point? They're and just saying they're the gonna billions.
1: ban it if they don't sell it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it's like, how much does it matter to you?
0: Well, and and what's interesting about that is that a Chinese company with the Chinese government involved probably doesn't have a say in it personally. I mean, (laughs) they probably probably discuss it. But at the end of the day, if China wants to make a point of it, China will just make that decision unilaterally. The United States could probably, you know, say, hey, don't do that. (laughs) But but whatever we're doing in Europe or China or, or any Part of the world is probably a lot less up to the U.S. government, which I think, as far as Americans' perspectives goes, that's usually how we like it.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to stay with the sort of sort of a theme of the government. Have y'all heard of something called Stingray, other than the actual Corvette? Animal?
0: Yeah, they're adorable.
1: <clears throat> well, this this particular Stingray, which is not a Corvette <laughs> and is not adorable, uh, is. The title of the article says, How Cops Can Secretly Track Your Phone.
0: Oh. Okay.
1: And yeah. it's, it's an interesting it. little thing uh, that says, so Stingray is a generic name for an electronic surveillance tool that simulates a cell phone tower in order to force mobile phones and other devices to connect to it instead of a legitimate cell tower. In doing so, the phone or other device reveals information about itself and its user to the operator of the Stingray. Other common names for the tool are self cell site simulator and IMSI catcher. So that is a very interesting and <clears throat> I don't know, maybe robust or far reaching way for, you know, authorities to try and track people. I'm yeah. curious about what y'all think about that.
2: I mean, my my initial response is meh. I mean, sure. Yeah, it seems a little. I mean, what what data do they get? They get your they get your location and your name.
0: Ooh, no. Okay. So it's uh, yes. The answer might be yes, but
2: we know where you are. What people right? can
0: do with that is actually pretty impressive, especially oh, when you start sure. to take into groups. So, so there was another article that I was reading, well, and I didn't get to finish it, but it talks about the NSA is actually telling mobile users to turn off Find My Phone, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth connections, and and some of the data sharing stuff when it's not absolutely needed because of how easy and how valuable all of that information is. Your, you know, where you are, when you're there, who else is there potentially with you. Uh, it, there's there's a ton of really valuable, some of it dangerous from a personal perspective, information sure. that's tied up in that.
2: Yeah, and I get that and and so my concern maybe around that kind of stems from something I was looking into yesterday and realizing, okay, every time we and we can come back to this. I don't want to drift too far off of it, but I was sitting there thinking about all the data leaks that we're constantly talking about in every single show, right? Every show. Every every day we could go find another one. Well, then I'm looking at data analytics, artificial intelligence, machine learning, and how companies are going to use this to differentiate for themselves as businesses to provide more value about the people that they're already collecting data on. Now, what if you have this upscale of value in data about your people? And then that leaks, right? So whenever, whenever you have data about somebody that's leaking today, it's like their username, their password, uh, email address, stuff like that. Right. Sure. In the analytical future of businesses, they're going to be And as much as, I mean, I've tweeted about this and people are like, nope, don't want to do that. Not signing up for that. Well, uh, you know, I hate to tell you, but it's coming. Like Walmart grocery already knows the pattern that we have and how often we go buy groceries. Oh, yeah. Which is good for supply chain. It's really low. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, And and the app can actually track when you're going to get there. Right. And, And let them know and all that kind of stuff. Right. And so that's the super basic side of it if you just start to expand that out and let your mind run wild, now companies are then collecting and forming and predicting all this stuff about people. What if they leak yeah. that data? Right. So they already have that, sure. Yeah, yeah. But no, they're big, leaks. That,
0: location smart securists the- are two of the biggest ones that collect, you know, I'm talking about millions and millions of lines of location data across many, many, many devices, right? And location smart specifically had a leak from a simple web class bug. And and it just bled for probably years, uh, yeah. in, in releasing tons and tons of that data because the value of being able to aggregate that for real legitimate business purposes is very very real and very high. Um, so it, it's similarly valuable. And in those services, I mean they're they're expensive, basically subscriptions for businesses trying to glean as much as they humanly can from it. But if you yeah. have your hands on the raw data, you're not just getting what they bought and when they did it, but you also, you know, you figure out when they're home, when they're not home, when, uh, you know, consistently, they always buy groceries on Tuesday and it takes them 45 minutes away from their house. And their neighbors are also gone because the data yeah, that yeah. I pulled comes from all the local businesses. There's a ton of stuff in there that's risky.
2: Yeah, for sure. For sure. But that, that's kind of where my mind went on my concern around this thing that Russ brought up, the stingray. Um, you know, device, right? What I want to know, though, is what they're using it for. Is it is it simply to capture felons? I can
1: I can answer that. Um, I'm okay. certain that that's what the uh, the primary idea would be is obviously to to capture felons. But sure. it turns out this is reps. not just used by cops; it's used by intelligence agencies and. By the military and things like that. So there's a couple things that they can do here. So first of all, uh, for the traditional law enforcement, they can use Stingray to identify all the phones in the vicinity or a specific phone, which they, which they can then take and subpoena a carrier to provide the customer name, address associated with that number uh, or numbers. They can obtain historical log of all cell phone towers that's pinged, recent track information. They can they can get a lot oh, of wow. information from just the okay, so- phone.
2: If there's an event that happens, let's say uh, the the Boston Marathon bombing, right? And let's say they had a tower deployed there. Now they can go and pull what you just said with the subpoena. They could, in a sense, get everybody. They know everybody that was there, yeah. assuming that they had a cell
1: phone with them,
2: right? So maybe that's the argument. Trash your cell phone.
1: It is... It is, it is going to be, there's always going to be an argument in that regard. And by the way, it can do this without phones actually being on. Um, so, so it can do it with that as well. Um, it also has the ability to inject malware if necessary. Okay. Um, it, it can take, it can extract Yay! text messages, emails, voice calls. <laughs> it can de- decrypt mobile communication. Oh my gosh. It can All right, jam I'm signal less. or do denial of service. You still feeling, feeling good feeling about
2: it? No, feeling less meh about So, it. <laughs> Well, so here's the thing.
1: So anytime you see something like this that can do one of these basic things, it's never ever going to be created just to do that one basic thing, especially no when you're trying to keep it a secret. This has also been around <laughs> since 2008. So yeah. this stuff has been there for, for a long time. And, and look, there's always going to be this scenario. And this is the same thing people say all the time. is like, I don't have anything to hide, so I'm not worried about it cool yeah. you're probably also the same person who's complaining about police trying to stop rioting and right. saying we don't live in a police state and this yeah. is the type of stuff that that really exacerbates true like dystopian police state type of stuff so that it's just there's always going to be a give and take and if you could guarantee that all of these different types of use cases are going to be for stopping criminals, then probably sure. no one would care. But the reality is, is you that what, in, in almost every form of government, we can't agree on any single issue holistically. No.
0: So we, we also like I think Americans in particular, we 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 think about where this stuff came from and we get angry about new technology that gives people the ability to do nefarious things privately. Right. Because that, you know, there's a lot of stuff most people don't want someone to be able to do. But it comes to money and transactions. There's a lot of hate on cryptocurrencies because there are ways to make those transactions very private and very difficult to sort of set uh, out who did what where, depending on the, the currency you're using. Um, and it, they talk about communications and communications being so ultra private that people can, you know, move drugs across borders with it and things like that. And we get we get feisty when we're talking about it, but we forget that some of what made everything possible was the privacy associated with cash transactions which is still a thing one of the most private ways to transfer money especially amongst friends is just cash and then the u.s postal service is a really good example not even the federal government is allowed to read your mail but that was when lots and lots and lots of stuff like all critical communication used to go through mail because for lots of good reason right Um, And and the fact that it was one of the most robust and reliable networks for moving messages, as an example. Now you have even more private information in your personal device. And we're saying it's okay for the police to have a man in the middle that collects literally everything. And you don't have the same protections that you do for your mail in your email. We, We gave that up. Eons ago, which kind of blows my mind to be honest. That was, I think, a huge miss on the court side, is that that should be just as private as traditional mail, but it's not. So we're basically saying, "Yep, we're doing this to keep you safe, and it's all all belongs to us. It's not where we came from when it when it comes to privacy. So it's interesting that people are so willing and able to give it up to me.
2: Yeah. Let me throw a couple other things at you. Um, so uh,
0: I want to name one more thing on
1: this this okay. topic because I want to bring up the reason why this is all of a sudden news. Yeah, and well, I, I do want to stay on this topic, by the way. Yeah. Okay, um, it, this is just, uh, it, so it, it, it turns out that there was a memo that was obtained by, I don't know, some, I guess, BuzzFeed um, news where it said it revealed shortly after uh, protests began in various cities, so for Black Lives Matter, That the DEA had sought special authority from the Justice Department to covertly spy on Black Lives Matter protesters on behalf of law enforcement. So this was a tool that was explicitly meant to, you know, obtain information around the protesters, which I imagine that is making this much more sensitive and why it is becoming a much more of a story. Right mm. now is to yeah. is to track information there. So I just thought that was an interesting thing that that, that sparked it. That sparked, yeah. uh, at least, I, I guess the memo is really what sparked the the news itself uh, from coming out. But I will tell you that I am actually quite impressed that this thing could even exist. Uh, just the, the amount of technology going behind it to be able to do the things it says it can do. spoofing a tower and i will tell you and i won't say their name but i do have a customer who also has the ability to spoof cell phone towers uh, but they do it for a very specific and very regulated way Uh, so it's 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 always interesting to me when i hear the things that we can do by uh just you know leveraging different forms of technology that quite frankly we use every single day
2: yeah uh interesting you brought that up and uh, you know, again, I said, meh, right out of the gate. But as you started to describe it more and more, my brain snapped to uh, the last time I was in China. Well, I guess the first and only and last time I was in China. There is an app that they use there called WeChat. And it's it's kind of like their Facebook. Um, the The side of it that I participated in was messaging, right? It's just, it's messaging with people locally. And the interesting thing about it, though, is that it is—it's what's used as the form of payment for quite nearly everything there. I was
1: gonna say WeChat is everything in it's China as everything. it relates to wow. your phone.
2: Yeah. Well, and guess who controls it, right? The Chinese government. <laughs> exactly. Guess how? Yeah. Right? Guess how you use it? You put it like it knows everything about you, right? It knows your location. It knows your name. It knows your address. It knows your purchase history. It knows. Everybody you talk to, everybody you're connected with, everywhere you go, all of this kind of stuff, it knows everything. And so there's two quick stories on this, but one of them, um, I was out to dinner with some colleagues. And as we were walking in, it was it's inside this underground mall, which was wild, very cool. Um, but we, as we were walking in, there's this like toy store thing. And I'm like, all right, I got, I'm gonna go get something for my daughters there, it's super cool. So I I jump up from the table after we finished eating and I go out over there and come to find out they don't accept cash, like local, you know, yuan currency or credit cards. They only accept WeChat. And so I was like, why I I don't have, I don't have my bank account set up to WeChat. And they're like, well, you have to use it. I'm like, I'm holding your money right here. Can you take this? And she's like, well, let me get on the phone and call my supervisor, right? (laughs) And supervisor gets on the phone. They have somebody else come over, they're trying to figure out how to run credit cards. They just flat out don't take cash. And then somebody else that I was there with had to go and pay for it. And I paid him back in local currency when he paid through through uh, WeChat. They just didn't even know how to do a credit card that's transaction, right? That's it that was is. all through like, is. mobile is, gaming.
0: Do you know so, if that's legal in thing. China?
2: Do I know what's
0: legal? If if it's legal to turn down legal tender, I mean, technically in the United States, uh, some, someone can't not accept cash uh, as a business uh, legally. And that doesn't mean people don't, it just means they didn't say that. that They they can't not.
2: (laughs) Yeah. They said they didn't know how is how they, (laughs) that's awesome. Yeah. They said they didn't know how I'm like, well, you're giving me goods and services and I'm giving you cash, right? Not services, but goods anyway. So the other thing we're just, you know, playing, um, you know, ping pong or whatever the next day, um, on a break, we were having some, like, there was like a a local Olympics thing. It was kind of fun. Um, but somebody's telling this story about their, this, like it was their cousin or brother or something like that. Right. So it's all hearsay, but it's, it's pretty crazy. And this is where my mind jumped to. They're telling me that two individuals were having a chat on WeChat about something, right. And they didn't get into the specifics of what it was an hour later, police show up knocking on their door asking them about that conversation that they were just having on wechat wow yeah Uh, yeah (laughs) so that's in my mind that's where that starts to go whenever you start talking about this you know the stingray cell site simulators for law enforcement all that kind of stuff and maybe i'm you know kind of blowing it out of proportion all that kind of stuff but it feels a little bit like a slippery slope
1: it does especially when you think about like just like the random chats you have with your buddies you know we we like to joke all the time on one one chat that we've had for Gosh, I don't know, a decade now. It was like, man, if any of us ever run for office, we can't release this chat. You know, it's like a fun joke that we have around, you know, just silly things you say with your friends. But it's like that. If you're, if someone's just reading a chat, they could take everything out of context. I mean, context between friends is that is hard to ascertain whenever you're, a, a, you know, a third party just sitting there spectating. Yeah. And so that's a, that is a very, very, interesting and scary thing, uh, well, I guess for the the people of China, but anywhere else that might, you know, deem the similar type of behavior. Sure. Yep.
2: Um, And I'm curious too, this was another thought that popped into my head. What do y'all think about um, automated license plate scanners? There's a camera on the front of the police car, front or back, you know, whatever, both. And you just have this automated system that's always scanning all the license plates it can see. And then on the in-car uh, computer, you get a pop-up. Hey, we found we found a license plate that's got a warrant out for, you know, whatever, etc. It's the you know red Toyota Camry, just to your you know left or something like that. What do you think about that?
0: Man, I think that's a slippery slope one too. Um, I, I understand it's why they're doing it. And and to be honest, there's actually quite a bit of that that already happens. Um, There are quite a few organizations, third-party organizations, that have licensed um, stuff like the traffic cameras that are on a lot of uh, intersections uh, Mm -hmm. so that they can get the images, which then they can use image recognition to go and and scan stuff like that as well. And then they basically sell that service back to municipalities in some cases, or I'm sure also third parties. I I get it and I I think on the surface i'd say well that's good they're looking for warrants they're looking for stolen vehicles, but then, at least from a US perspective when you're looking at it legally speaking it's. the, The police are not supposed to. search your stuff unless they are given probable cause to do so just driving your car isn't really enough probable cause for you to assume my car might be stolen, which is what you're doing by scanning the license plate and looking for any issues. So I, I, and I, I bring that up from like a legal perspective. What's the difference uh, between
2: them just seeing your license plate because they do that too, right? In, in areas where they don't have that capability, it's scope they'll and just scale. do your license plate, type it in. Scope right and right? scale. Know, but, and, and they absolutely but what, do that. What makes they, it, what makes it illegal, I guess, or you know, it may not unfair be. quote unquote. It's, you know, it, again, it's a slope. It's technology. the slippery
0: slope side of it. It's not that it's legal yeah. or not. I, I think yeah. there are probably legal grounds to make an argument against it. I am certainly not educated. I'm not trying to argue for it either. I'm just, I'm I No, There's another
1: perspective here for, so, you know, and this is, this is coming from a person who my, my family makes fun of me for driving slow. Um, I've just always driven within, uh, you know, probably five miles max of the speed limit everywhere I go very patient person and <clears throat> something Dude, that you have bothers not been me, on the
2: Boston highways. Those
1: people drive slow. Okay. Uh, I have not. You're right. Um, <laughs> at least not in, unless it was in an Uber. Um, the, I love you Boston, thing, but come on. <laughs> the thing about, uh, there's something about, a you know, a police officer just hiding on the side of the road and concealing themselves, <laughs> waiting for people to drive by and be speeding. That for some reason just rubs me the wrong way yeah uh it yeah. just really bothers me it feels like it's you know you, you're dirty. just waiting to pound yeah it's dirty and and i don't like it i feel like the the police should be looking if they're out patrolling in my mind they should be out patrolling to be potentially finding crimes that need to be stopped whether that is someone who's speeding or someone who's uh you know robbing someone or whatever the case may be and look i'm not a police officer so i don't know the ins and outs of everything but it's just something about you know sitting there and just waiting for your citizens to screw up so you can catch them feels disingenuous to the purpose of being a police officer and so i think for anything that supports a sort of control of a perfect civilization bothers me in that realm like i think there's an element of like being a human that's going to involve one day you're going to be six miles over the speed limit you know, or six miles an hour over speed limit. Someday you're gonna steal a car and be driving around. You know, like I don't, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> what that limit is. Steal a car, <laughs> right? you know? Come on, so bad. Come on. I'm just pointing <laughs> out. What are you like, doing? Oops, I just fell into this car I don't own. <laughs> There's just All an drugs. element of of this like mass sweep of information that I guess avoids the the nature of police work that that I. Am somewhat uncomfortable with, and I don't know where that line is. Like, I guess yeah. I am comfortable with the idea of them, if someone has stolen a car, being able to identify that. But I just don't know what else that leads to, and so I just that's where I stand with it. Like, I don't want to see in Europe. There's a lot of places where they have uh, traffic cams that test your, that try to catch your speed, and if you go one mile over the speed limit, I hate those instantly. No, and, those are and, terrible.
0: Uh, this is the slope no, that I don't like. Yeah. I don't want.
1: It's yeah. it, it 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 goes it flies in the face of being a human. It makes you have to behave like a machine, and that's something that I I just don't think is good for society as a whole. So yeah. I don't know what the line is it's a balance, but that's what I think of when I think of stuff like that that's oh. highly automated policism. Right. Like a system, maybe. Well, and I
0: think I think some of the problem too is that it it all depends on what they're doing with the data. Like if this is to identify stolen cars faster. That's usually a win, right, for just about everybody except for the guy stealing the car or gal. Um, If it's to, uh, you know, more quickly track down stuff like silver alerts, right, where um, someone should be home suddenly isn't and they, you know, perhaps have dementia and so that's a problem. So they put those out. Amber Alert, similar thing, if they've got a car tied to it. Um, Dude. Sorry, but had an idea. it's, it's we'll easy going. to start there and say, oh, look at all the good you can do. But then you find out that they're also using it to profile and they're using it to make sure that they catch somebody going a mile per hour over the speed limit in order to put pressure on them for something else. It, it, it's that the slippery slope side of this is that it's all good when people are using it for the right things. But the fact that they have that much information and that much power tied up in that capability means that at some point someone will use it for the wrong reasons and that's what's unfortunate about it is that it's quite simply too much information that can be used for nefarious purposes and therefore maybe isn't worth some of the good that you'd get from it i think that's probably one of the best arguments against allowing stuff like this to happen in the wrong hands it's very very dangerous and you can't assume that it's always going to be in the right hands so yeah. better not to go down that path.
1: And and who's, who's wrong, who's are the wrong hands? Meaning like, even if you're a public official, it may or may Absolutely. not be the right hands, you know? Absolutely. Human I,
0: think, think about, and, and, and I, I'm not, <laughs> it's funny. It's, it's fun to think about conspiracy theories and, and things like that. But um, imagine a scenario where the local police have been doing this for a very long time. And then. There is some horizon for police funding for certain things, and there is an opposition party member that is pushing back against funding the police under those conditions, and it's kind of the platform that they're in. And what the police end up doing with this data is identifying that person and people that work with that person or know that person or deal with that person, and then going out of their way to automatically scan everything as quickly as possible to just make things inconvenient for them in an effort to press or even worse, if you tie it into who they're dealing with, how they're dealing with things, and there just happens to be something in their behavior that is, quote, socially unacceptable, and then use that as collateral to get them to back off or to change their platform. That's not cool. And yet it will probably happen once that data exists because it is useful and it is valuable. Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <sighs> we need yeah
2: yeah we need to be talking about this more at the uh in the voting booths and all that kind of fun stuff right yeah it's the, the whole data management we be
1: talking about more in the voting yeah. booths
2: all the data management stuff yeah uh, the, this this type of kind of the cat and mouse games between anyway
0: well and, and cool. does in the, other news there's the short-term uh, good <laughs> Outweigh the long-term potential downside. I think that the same same arguments or similar arguments come up around encryption and whether or not uh, yeah. government entities and police should have backdoors into your yeah. encrypted iPhone. Is that appropriate, especially when you think about U.S. law? Well, we've seen that and, play out. Already. U.S. sentiment. Well, it, but but the argument is still there. It's it's do you have a right to keep your property encrypted, or sure. does the police have a right to just because you were speeding? go through your entire phone and your banking history. Yeah. There is there is too far. In some people's mind, that's too far. So accepting it now likely makes it easier for the stuff you didn't want or wouldn't want to happen, happen later. It's it's just, that's that's when we say slippery slope, that's what we're referring to. I think this is just like that. It's, a, It's a similar category of giving up privacy now because it looks like it has enough good to justify it, but the long run has a lot of risk to it that I think a lot of people don't yeah. consider.
2: Yeah, well, we're talking a lot around the Fourth Amendment. Um, hmm. So maybe maybe decisions need to be made appropriately with that in mind. Okay, uh, let's see here. And I'm curious too, so the three of us are in the U.S. And I told a story about an experience in China. I'm curious, listeners around the world in other states, other countries, country states, whatever, uh, let us know. What are your thoughts on some challenges that y'all are dealing with? Come on the show. Talk with us about it. We'd love to love to hear. Um, anything else you want to say about that? I'm good. Okay.
1: Nope.
2: Sony shares are at a 19-year high. Analysts are bullish on PlayStation 5. Say stock could rally another 20%. I'm not a financial advisor. Don't take my advice. But uh, you could see a pop in Sony. And I know we talked Death about wild. them uh, a week or two 20%. ago. 20%
0: that's huge yeah
2: 20 percent is huge we talked about um all the things that they won uh from a major league baseball perspective as well they've got a they got a big uh big up on their contract and and capabilities to the mlb this year too so i'm not telling you to buy their stock i'm not gonna go buy it (laughs) i probably don't own it but uh you know if somebody saw that headline i'd want them to read it to me all right uh I, i think we should probably end it there yeah. yeah.
0: What's what's the big driver, though, before we drop it? What's the big driver for Sony's valuation? Why do we think it's going to pop more? Five, PlayStation, PlayStation 5. PlayStation yeah,
1: 5. Yeah, and they know I'm going to buy it.
0: So they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and but they, move this what, I guess, what is it about the 5 that's going to be so much more valuable than, say, the 4 or the last time? they This is one, one more. Yeah, it's one same more, thing. Tyler. It yeah, goes to 11. It is 25%.
1: When
2: you're at 10 and you need that extra bit of juice, but is it you worth twenty
0: percent more revenue? I mean, <laughs> Sony's pretty big too. I mean, there's got to be more in it than that. I think. Th- I think realistically, it what it is, the, is that the,
1: the PS4, at least of the more powerful consoles, is by far the the number one console in the world. It's not mm. even close. It it dominates Xbox. And so, with PS5 releasing, um, them also. So there's two different strategies going on in the video game world right now. Xbox is like, hey, let me. Let's make cross-platform compatibility a thing. You you don't have to buy the new Xbox. A lot of these new games and stuff will work with the old Xbox. Like you can slowly transition. Like Microsoft is taking a very, very different approach, as they really kind of just want you to subscribe to their games as a service model that that they're they're deploying where it'll do cloud streaming, or you can use your local Xbox, or you can use your PC. Like they're making it very convenient to play, which could be a very good strategy for them. Sony, on the other hand, is Deploying a very traditional console strategy, a new console that is 10 times more powerful than the last one that has, you know, 15 different exclusives that are coming out and exclusives have always been one of Sony's strong suits, which is why they always sell so well. And so I think that they're seeing Microsoft probably won't be... Pressing too hard on the initial launch of the Xbox, meaning people will buy it because people like me, once again, will just buy it because it's new and we want that thing. But people are going to buy Sony's new thing because it has all this new content that you can only get on the Sony platform. So they're probably just assuming it's going to be a strong seller because of varying factors like that.
2: The PS4 debuted in 2013. It's been seven years since a major, major release like this.
1: It, yeah, so. wow. It might have even been fall 2012, I thought. Because Xbox was 2012. I thought they came out around the same time. Mm. Actually, I thought Sony came out just before it.
2: Okay. I'm I'm reading yeah. in this article on C N B C they could be well, wrong. C N B C don't know what they're talking PS4 about. PS4 in twenty thirteen. I don't know. Wikipedia might tell me. But yeah, I think that's the that's gonna be the run up on that. And they're saying, you know, day one, six million units are gonna be sold right out of the gate. So that's nice. Yeah. Good stuff. Six, six million. Cool. On some Sony stock million. or don't. I don't care.
0: Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you do what you want.
2: They're, Sony's forecasting <laughs> <that> 15 note- <laughs> to 20 million units. Yeah. <laughs> Sony's Sony's guessing minute. 15 to 20 million PS5s in the first
1: year. I so. believe it. I think, I think wow. they'll hit it. That's awesome. Yeah, me too. All right, shut it down. But maybe so I can finally borrow a, a
0: PS4 to play that Spider-Man game. That looked cool. It's a good PS5, dude.
1: This is our longest podcast ever, I think. Yeah, just just break it in half and release it on Friday as well. There you go. I'll I'll give you (laughs) two
0: outros. Just kidding. But that brings another Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining us, y'all. I hope you enjoyed everything that we had to talk about. We certainly did. If we missed anything, if you'd like to join us on the show, give us a shout. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. We'll talk to you Friday.
1: Booyah, Grandma. Later.